Hello, everyone. This is Pastor Phil Beatty from Hartford City Church in beautiful Hartford, Connecticut. This is Pastor's Podcast, Episode 2. Two. Now, if you're listening to this, you might see on our podcast hosting site, which is Podbean, that I do have other podcasts in the backlogs, the archives, but I never really numbered them like everyone seems to do. So I just started in December and said, I'm just going to call this episode one. And so now I'm calling this episode two. And this podcast today is going to deal with the subject of Ash Wednesday. What is that all about? Now, if you're listening again or looking for uh, things on our Podbean podcast website, and that can be found at pastorphilipbeatty.podbean.com. Uh, you will see some are sermons that we put up from previous weeks, so it'll generally say Sunday Sermon. And then others are shorter podcasts that I like to do in between the Sunday Sermons. And those will be titled Pastor's Podcasts from here on going forward. The other way you can see which it is is to look at how long it is. If it's a little longer, it might be a sermon. If it's a little shorter, it might be a podcast. Anyhow, wherever you are, however you're listening today, I want to thank you for joining me on this Pastor's Podcast, Episode 2. And today we are going to talk about Ash Wednesday. Ash Wednesday is, I don't know if you'd call it a holiday or not. Um, It's an observance day that happens in the church. Uh, Some churches do Ash Wednesday services. Uh, It's mostly done in the Catholic Church, but there are some Protestant churches that do it as well. Those would be like Presbyterian, Episcopal. Lutheran, uh, they still have Ash Wednesday services. And what Ash Wednesday is, is it's a date, a, a day of um, observance on the church calendar that marks the time that it's 40 days before Easter. And then the period of those 40 days is called the season of Lent, L-E-N-T. So Ash Wednesday is the beginning of Lent, and then Easter Sunday is the end of Lent. And how people would celebrate this, uh, going back to, I think, about eight or 900 AD, so it's been around for quite a while, is that people would fast during those 40 days before Easter, and they would do it as a way to prepare themselves to celebrate uh, Jesus Christ's resurrection from the dead, the greatest event, perhaps, in the history of the world. It is the greatest event in the history of the world, even though everyone doesn't consider that to be so. But for Christians, we definitely consider the resurrection of Jesus Christ to be the greatest event that has happened in real time in the history of the world. And so people would want to prepare for that. So they'd go into a time of fasting. And of course, fasting is a time-honored traditional way that God's people throughout all times and places have sought to seek the Lord and to prepare themselves for something, for God to do something in their life or to plead and intercede to God for something or to simply get ready for something that God wants them to do. Jesus fasted and prayed 40 days in the wilderness before he began his public ministry. So the 40-day period is one that the church would take, and they would fast and pray and use it as a time of repentance, a a time to get rid of the things in our life we need to get rid of, a time to focus our attention upon Christ and his call upon our life. Uh, At some point in church history, there were many people that were also getting baptized on Easter Sunday. So the season of Lent became a time that they would prepare for their baptism as well. So this would begin on Ash Wednesday. Now, if you're looking at the calendar and you're saying, okay, Ash Wednesday this year is Wednesday, March 6th. That's tomorrow as I'm recording this podcast. And then you go to April 21st, Easter Sunday in the year 2019. And you're like, wait a minute, that doesn't quite match up to 40 days. 
Well, that's because in the observance of Lent, they only counted Monday through Saturday. Sunday was called a feast day or a celebration day. I call it a day off from the fast. So whatever you're doing to fast during Lent, Sundays would be a feast day, a celebration day, and you didn't have to observe all the things that you were doing for Lent. Most of the time, people fasted from just food, different types of food. Uh, people would get rid of all of the flour and sugar and, and fat and uh, you know all of those extra things. And um, they would eat a very simple diet, simple meal. And they would uh, you know celebrate and get rid of all the stuff that they couldn't use during Lent on the Tuesday night before. So that's why today, March 5th, is called Fat Tuesday because you would take all the fat and sugar and stuff and you would make all kinds of things to eat and you'd have a celebration. In French, it's called Mardi Gras or Fat Tuesday in English. Uh, not too many churches celebrate Fat Tuesday that I know, at least in this area, but I'm sure there are celebrations in other places around the world. Obviously, New Orleans being one of the biggest places that they still celebrate Mardi Gras or Fat Tuesday. So then Ash Wednesday began and you would abstain from you know, a lot of food. You would uh, have certain dietary things you would do uh, during the weekdays and Saturday. And then on Sunday, of course, you would have a feast day, almost a little preparation day for Easter Sunday, which would then be the great celebration, you know, blowout festival, all that good stuff. So Ash Wednesday would begin with people receiving the sign of the cross in ashes on their forehead. And there was a couple of reasons this was done. One, it was to remind us that we all need to repent. Repentance is a huge part of observing Lent. Repent means that we turn around or we turn away from something. It also means to change our mind, that we need to shift our way of thinking to a new way of thinking. So it's a 180 degree change in our lives, in our ways of thinking, acting, behaving, and believing uh, when we come to Christ. We orient everything towards Jesus Christ and his life and what he taught us and his death and his resurrection. During the administration of the ashes by a priest or a pastor who would often take ashes and put them on the forehead of people coming to church for Ash Wednesday, he would say something like, remember you are dust and to dust you shall return. Or I've also heard it said, as you have died with Christ, now live with him. And again, that would remind us, first of all, that we are dust, that we are created of this earth, and that everything that is currently a part of this earth is destined to end. We all have an expiration date. And we were created from the dust of the ground with the breath of God as the first man and woman, Adam and Eve. Uh, we are created, you know, from those cellular materials inside of our parents as we continue to reproduce life. But ultimately, we know that our bodies will return to the ground and decay and turn back into dust. And it's good to remember uh, the limitations of our life. It's good to remember that we are not eternal creatures it's good to remember that uh, there is more that God has prepared for us than this life. The second thing the cross reminds us is that Jesus showed us that in order to gain true eternal life, we must lay down our own lives, that we must sacrifice, we must die to ourselves and become alive in Christ. So the ashes and the shape of the cross on the forehead are a way of remembering that. Now, it's interesting, there is some biblical background for having the sign of the cross on your forehead. In the book of Revelation, chapter 7, verse 3, and chapter 9, verse 4, the faithful people of God have a mark on their forehead. And then Revelation 14, 1 says that God's name is written on their forehead. Now, that's interesting, because when I was a kid, I was always brought up 
learning about Revelation and the, the Antichrist and the mark of the beast, 666, was going to be put on your forehead. So I always heard about the mark on your forehead as a real negative thing. I never realized that on the forehead of the believers, not the ones who have the mark of the beast, but the ones who have the mark of Jesus, there is a mark on their forehead. Now, in the Hebrew scriptures, what we call the Old Testament or the First Testament, there's another passage that relates to this in in the book of Ezekiel. The prophet Ezekiel in chapter 9 of his book recounts how he saw God tell an angel to go through the city and put a mark on the foreheads of the faithful, okay? So he's kind of describing what that mark is. And the word that he uses is tav, which is a Hebrew word. It's actually not a word, it's a letter. Tav is a Hebrew letter. It's one of the letters of their alphabet. And it looks very similar to the Greek letter chai, which looks like an X, two lines crossing each other. In fact, the Greek letter chai looks so much like a cross or an X that Christians used it in the early days to represent them, um, especially when they were under persecution. So for uh, a Christian in the first centuries to see the X used instead of the name Christ, uh, they would think that would be very normal and something that they did. So quick side note, uh, don't get too upset when people use Xmas because it doesn't necessarily mean Xing out Christ. It could also mean, if you lived thousands of years ago, that it's the mark of the Chi or the X, which symbolized the cross of Christ. So bringing it all together, In the Bible, it says that God will mark the faithful on their forehead with a mark that looks like a cross. It's the letter X. And so when we put the cross of ashes on our forehead, it symbolizes that we desire to be faithful, that we belong to God, that God seals us, that God uh, says, hey, you are mine. I died on the cross for your sins. And because you've received me into your life, I mark you with my seal, with my name, with my sign. Isn't it interesting that the cross became such a powerful symbol for us as Christians? It's another example of the way that God takes things that are intended for evil and turns them into good. cross was the way that Romans executed and uh, criminals, especially those who were charged with crimes of treason or rebellion. So this symbol of capital punishment, this symbol of death, this symbol of, of, of torture and extinction uh, becomes the symbol of life. And it just mirrors for me the way Jesus gave us life by dying on our behalf. The way that Jesus was able to enter into and fully experience death, but then rise up out of the grave so that we no longer have to fear that. And my prayer for this Lenten season is that God would help us to take all of those symbols of hatred, of oppression, of fear, and of death, and that God would uh, use us to transform those into life, that God would be at work through his Holy Spirit uh, so that we can begin to transform our world and what Satan intends for evil, we can turn it around with the power of God and use it for good. So hey, Hartford City Church is going to be preparing through prayer and fasting uh, during this season leading up to Easter. We believe God has a lot of great things planned for us as a church. There's going to be a lot of changes coming up. Would you join with us in prayer? And if you want to observe Lent by giving up a particular food item or, or perhaps an activity for the 40 days, uh, then you can do that. Um, we also are going to invite people to participate in what's called the Daniel Fast. And I'll be doing another podcast on that a little bit later on. So keep your eyes and ears open for that one. You can always check out what we're doing on our website, HartfordCityChurch.com. We're also on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So check us out in all of those places and in all of those ways. 
So, my friends, my sisters and brothers, let us remember that we were created out of the dust, and to the dust we shall return. Let us remember that Jesus Christ died for us so that we could live for him. And let us enter into a season, 40 days of prayer, fasting, and preparation, believing that God is going to do something in his resurrection power in our lives and in the lives of his church. And we look forward to celebrating Easter Sunday together. May God bless you. Um, and if you have uh, any questions or want to reach out to me, uh, you can do that uh, through our website. Thanks.